listening to the Nightwork Pod. I'm Julius Caesar Macquarie and I'm an anthropologist. Nightwork Pod focuses on night workers and the lives they lead, awake and alert at night whilst the majority sleep. This episode, it is precisely about the night shift. The nadir point is sometimes reached between 4 and 6 a.m. and represents the lowest level of activity of the human body during the 24-hour life cycle. During that time, I often felt like I was losing my balance and my whole body was getting tired. It was strange, physically and mentally, as if the ground was running from underneath my feet, as if I would hear my body screaming that it wants to lie down, but I couldn't stop because I had to carry crates and bags most of the time with a client in my shadow. I have heard and felt what Nadir point is for the first time in my life during the night shift as a night ethnographer. Most ethnographic projects are carried out during the day, but such an approach becomes less appropriate to understand societies that operate without interruption 24 hours, 7 days a week. For some time, but especially during my research on night manual labor, a precarious form of work that ensures the continuity of contemporary capitalism, I began to experiment with different methods to conduct ethnographic research during the night. I started with most common ethnographic methods, participant observation, but added bodily, temporal, and audiovisual components. I worked as a porter at London's New Spitterfields Night Market, the largest fruit and vegetable market in the UK. I worked six nights a week for seven months, starting from 10 p.m. and with a duration between 9.5 and up to 16 hours. Then I worked another two months in a cafe, also at night, observing the market from the perspective of those who were supporting manual workers with smiles, as tired as their usual customers, their loaders or managers, and food, but with energy drinks more often than food. When doing only the night shift, your quotidian life is very different on opposite rhythms than the society that functions in the day and sleeps at night. While on night shift, the nocturnal rhythm imposed me to be alert and active at night and sleep in the day. The usual 7-8 to eight hour night sleep was replaced with a 4-5 to five hour day sleep. I woke up in the evenings, not in the mornings, and I worked at night. My meal times reversed and my appetite decreased. I started taking the first meal around midnight, then if... The fast working pace allowed me I would take a snack at 2-3 a.m. Many a time I would eat on the go, or rather running, because it was so crowded. And the company I worked for did not have neither designated space for loaders to eat, no breaks clearly defined by the management. After 1-2 hours of commuting I would eat around noon, not sure any longer whether it was lunch or breakfast. I had nights off on Saturdays and I would 
sometimes sleep till Sunday afternoon to recover. This was very rare for me before changing my circadian rhythms. I spent the frantic pace imposed by management and traders in the market walking at fast pace, sometimes running. I averaged 8.2 kilometers per night inside the market and I covered a total of about 1,600 miles or 2,310 kilometers during the year of my night ethnography at the market, only on night shifts. I drank, like all the other workers in the market, many energy drinks. I worked about 63 hours a week and about 77 hours away from home, including commuting, between 2.4 hours on each round trip and about 77 hours away from home including commuting averaging 2.4 hours on each round trip. A full-time manual laborer works maximum 40 hours per week legally Monday through Friday on 8-hour shifts. In the case of a loader his body is the main tool for performing the work Every night, I lifted and carried on my body around 500 kilos of fruits and vegetables. In addition, I handled and pushed a manual forklift loaded with pallets weighing 1-2 tons of products, measurements with a pace epidometer digital app, video recordings and field notes indicate that I began to feel the effects of these changes physically and mentally from the first month in the field. The three vignettes from my field diary covered the first night shift. The second is about the effect of social isolation and third on the longest night shift at this market. Vignette number one, 29th of January 2015, the first night shift. I slept during the day about 4.5 hours and my night walking distance was 13 kilometers. The night shift lasted between 1 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., about 9.5 hours, plus the commuting, an hour and a half each way. During the night shift, I cope well, given that it is my first one. However, after the commute, I feel plodding in my thinking and physically too. I'm about to have my brunch at 11.55 a.m. All I think right now is how fast I can eat, lie down and sleep. Still, I'm overjoyed that I could be awake through my first night shift and travel to and from Spitterfield's market. Vignette number two. My day sleeping time before the night shift, again four and a half hours. I walked that night about 3.6 kilometers and the shift lasted about 10 and a half hours between 12 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Commuting time was 1 hour and 20 minutes each way. It is difficult to stay awake and work between 4 and 6 a.m. I have the feeling that I'm going to drop off my feet. After 6 a.m. something is happening to me and I feel re-energized. On average, I slept between 4 or 5 hours in the day since I started night shifting. I'm also adopting new sleeping habits to adjust to my new daily sleep pattern. I acquired a pair of earplugs and I pulled the blinds to surround myself in darkness before I fall asleep. After about four and a half hours of sleep, the body is still tired 
from the night before. I sense pains in my right clavicle, the joint of my right shoulder. During loading, I rest on my shoulders, the produce that I carry out throughout the night shift. For example, a sack of potatoes weighs somewhere up to 20 kilos. Vignette number 3, 29th of April, 2015. Night walking distance, 16 kilometers. The night shift duration, 11 hours, between 11 p.m. and 9 a.m. the next morning. Commuting took me about an hour each way. Most sales take place up to 3 a.m. Around that time, when most pallets have been cleared off the central aisle and moved into the area of the stand, there's hardly any space left to place one foot on, on the shop floor. There's not much energy left among us loaders. It is also close to the nadir point, when humans are at their lowest point in the 24-hour circadian cycle. However, the market 3M has its own pace, and to those in charge, it means slaying the workers. Whatever energy is left in our bodies, needs to be squeezed out. So the rest of the orders continue to be shipped out. Nadia is completely ignored. I fell off my feet a couple of times because my knees softened and legs bent against my will. My eyes closed as I stood and read aloud the order of one customer who was surprised and asked me, are you okay? After months of night work, it was easier to bear or find tricks to pass through the Nadia point. Every morning between 4 and 6 a.m., when daylight would open the sky, the energy flame rekindled in my mind and body. When I started working the night shift, I weighed 83.2 kilos. After a month, I reached 79.4 kilos. My body has only partially adapted since. It was like a physiological shock to my system. Not only that I reversed my behavior, patterns and daily habits, but it was also the shock that I felt in the body every night. I remember the pain I felt when I overloaded my body with weights that put pressure on my joints, muscles and ligaments. I still see my palms and fingers swollen and bruised from grabbing, twisting and lifting packages and crates. I still remember the dry skin of my hands peeling around my cuticles because I was handling the packaging without gloves. Wearing gloves in this mas masculine culture, you see, would have been a sign of weakness which I tried to hide despite the constant inconveniences. I felt the physical pain mentally. I was afraid of taking the break, so I so desperately needed because during a 15 to 20 minutes break, the body would relax and refuse afterwards to readjust to the alert rhythms. Resuming work after the break was always very painful and more painful than if I had worked continuously. When I took one week off to pass a forklift driving course, same happened. On one hand I rested and it was good, on the other hand when I returned to the rhythm of the loader and physically destroyed by the 500 kilos of vegetables and fruits that I usually carried on one night. Social isolation and alienation followed by the physiological shock. I felt like a kind of ghost, too tired to respond to social expectations or to have a social life at all. I simply disappeared from the radar of many just because I happened to live on opposite rhythms to theirs. I lived through what Bourdieu called the hysteresis effect felt by workers in the call centers in India on nights serving clients in the US, but who never met physically, ever. 
I too felt the absence with the same magnitude of loved ones and acquaintances that I could not meet up throughout the year, even though we lived in the same time zone. One of my work colleagues, a porter from New Spitalfields, said, people are not made to work at night, they're made to work during the day. I often felt isolated from the people whom I knew beforehand, that is before the night ethnography. When they had dinner, I prepared my lunch. When they went downtown, I went to work. Sunday, when they were having a barbecue, I slept to recover from the previous week and prepare physically and mentally for the next. If I went out for dinner, I had to force myself not to fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. If I wanted to participate in any social or cultural event, I was always on the run. I heard and saw nothing of what was happening in London that year, in which I did the night ethnography. And I noticed week after week, on Sunday nights usually that my colleagues, in particular those who had families, returned tired. Those who spent Sundays with families, their only day off, paid a big price as they were returning to work physically exhausted, not having had the time to rest in between on that only one night off. Colleague told me that night work eats your life without knowing or really living. The years pass by. After a year spent in New Spitalfields, I understood in my own body how precariousness took a bodily form. My contribution to specialist discussions focusing on precarity and conditions of manual labor consists in reporting such issues of ex existence, existential importance. Thus, I'm, I'm trying to articulate in, in writing experiences of bodily pain and exhaustion isolated and socially alienated workers, not only from society but also from their families and how these nocturnal workers feel nightly. Some, especially migrants, experience precarity year in, year out because they have no cultural and social capital to exit the trap of the night shift. The experiences are produced by the contemporary capitalist system that knowingly manipulates the rhythms of the human circadian 24-hour cycle and squeezes out the last drop of energy in these exhausted bodies for the sake of accumulation of capital. But for the rest of the society, these experiences remain unknown and night workers invisible. Even when nocturnal workers are indispensable in our society, which wishes to be always awake and to consume without ceasing, they remain invisible to the eyes and minds of people who live according to natural circadian rhythms. When all these people go to sleep at night, night workers carry the night, the burden, onto their bodies. When society goes to sleep, who must remain alert and awake? Night workers are by definition essential workers who make other sectors of the economy possible. You've been listening to Night Work Pod, a podcast about working the night shift. Night Work Pod is produced by me, Julius Caesar Macquarie. I created Night Work Pod between London and Budapest. If you like what you heard, there are a few ways that you can help me out. First, tell all of your friends in real and digital form journal or nocturnal about the show. Review the show on Apple Podcasts.